Two brothers. When united, form the Disney Majors. Fighting the powers of evil with their mouths. Here's your hosts, Jake and Eli Hollingsworth. Hello everyone, I'm Eli Hollingsworth and I am joined by my brother, Jake Hollingsworth. And welcome back to the Movie Majors Podcast. And I'm Jake Hollingsworth and on another Wednesday. Today's another Wednesday and let's get to it. So sorry that we've been... A little off on the schedule, but we've been busy, but hopefully we'll get back on track. Anyway, let's get to it. So, we've had a lot of stuff come out in the past few weeks, a lot of things. Well, first of all, let's just get this off. I just want to get this out of the way. Moon Knight finished up a few weeks back. Oh, yeah. Did we never talk about that? We never finished. We never ended up reviewing the other episodes or finished it. We're finished reviewing it. So, overall thoughts on the moon... Oh, this will be a little bit. This will be a little thing before we get to other things. Um, Well, there's a little quick thoughts on Moon Knight. Um, All in all... It was a decent. I thought it was a. I thought it was a really good. I thought it was a good show for the MCU. I mean, of course, it was very different, which is probably what makes it. Probably what's trying to make it stand out amongst the other MCU shows. Is that it's more different from the traditional MCU standards of showmaking, which kind of makes this one stand out a little bit better. But and that was really. They actually did a really good job of building up intrigue. And four and five were like the best episodes of the show I thought it's yeah like, the four had the epic twist reveal this is not a spoiler this has been out for, for a long time it's like the episode, episode four had the epic had that really crazy twist reveal with the hippo where it was just like I remember just being like what in the world and then after and then as the credits rolled I'm like that's it and then episode five was even more intriguing because they show marks they reveal that really this is this bat this body isn't belong it's like they use Steven as a perspective character and they make you think this is Steven Grant's body but really it's Mark's body, and he just created Steven as a subconscious for when his mother would abuse him. Yeah. Which is which was another interesting episode. But then the thing that hurt the show for me, for me personally, was the finale. That finale. The, f- the finale was, like, just so weird because it had such, like, I guess it set it up pretty well. Like, the it, was, it set it up to not be bad. The f- like, it had potential to be good, a decent finale. It wasn't. Yeah. It probably wasn't going to be the best episode of the show, but it would have been a decent finale and then it was just so weird it was the shortest episode of the show first of all which was super weird i don't know why they did that yeah it was like and then, 40 something minutes That's and then it, it was like it was just so rushed like it just felt rushed like all these other episodes kind of took their time to, to do what they were doing but this episode they completely rushed through it also another thing that someone pointed out a little plot hole is that Ahmed grows to be really big by consuming souls of the dead people, or the people that, uh, uh, who's the, Arthur? Yeah, Arthur Arthur Harrow. Arthur Harrow is, like, condemning or whatever, so she's eating the souls, and that's why she grows to be really big. And Khonshu grows to be big for no reason. (laughs) Like, he just gets super big all of a sudden, and he didn't do anything. He could have used the power of the moon, but they never explained how, I guess, yeah. But see, like, it was just so rushed, like, it was... To describe it, it, it was pretty much just like, end. And it was like, whoa. Uh, the only good part about that episode was the post credit scene with uh, But they Jake finally revealed Lockley. Jake Lockley, the third, because they revealed there's a third personality in that body. Even though Steve, even though Mark Spector is no longer the avatar for Khonshu, he still has access to the body 
because Jake Lockley is in there. And so basically, he still has his mood night in Jake Lockley. Yeah, so now he's... Uh, and I like how they kind of kept the thing where Conchu's not exactly a good guy, but he's not a bad guy. But he's, like, just kinda, he's just kind of an anti-hero, basically. Yeah, he's still like pretty corrupt. Very I wish much. they would have explore, explored that more, because they had an interesting theme going. They could do that in the season. If they did a season two, they could maybe dive into that more, like how he's not really... He's not bad, but he's not really a good person either. It's, I mean, I wish they would have dived into... Because they had an interesting like message going with the show. Of, like, yeah. Of like killing someone before they can do anything bad or you know, you know like like the whole it's still thing. wrong it would still be technically be wrong the whole thing yeah the whole thing that was going on there and they didn't even get to like fully flesh that out enough in my opinion because they were just like like when they he was about to kill arthur harrow and he's like yeah we're not okay but... well i do think that we'll be seeing moon knight again relatively soon whenever this movie comes out because the latest word on the street is that Apparently, in Captain America 4 with Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie, that's confirmed. <laughs> Apparently, the word is that Moon Knight is going to co-star in that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. It doesn't really say how big of a role he'll have, but or what, what he'll be doing, but it does say that Moon Knight is going to be co-star in Captain America 4, supposedly. Hmm, interesting. That's a... I would not expect I know to put him in that movie, Like, but... why, of all the to put together, why would you put Sam Wilson, Captain America, and Moon Knight together? Yeah, that'd be definitely be interesting for sure. I don't know. Uh, that's, huh. I would never think to do that, but I guess it's gonna be good. I don't know. Uh, so that's interesting. So overall thoughts on Moon Knight. I thought it was a very. It's like Wandavision, where it is a very, very good, intriguing show. I think it was on track. I think for me, like, I was. I remember thinking this is on track to be one of the best Marvel shows that they've done on Disney Plus. Yeah. But then the finale absolutely killed it for me like this thing I, I, would, I would put this at number two at least this maybe this maybe could have beaten loki potentially but the finale absolutely without question killed it for me yeah and then they never fully explained the whole psychiatric war thing where he was in the white uh, place like, they never explained what that was like at first it was like oh is that where he really is and this whole thing has just been in his imagination and then after that it's just like i guess it's in his imagination but like it's like and then whenever he gets sedated he goes back to the real world but like they never explain he never says what that was or they never acknowledge it like it happens but they never say anything about it so that was also Strange. weird like if they had given more screen time they might have been able to like explain what that was or what the purpose of that was but other than just to say oh is it a dream and just be like all creepy and stuff but like it's just so annoying with these MCU shows because they have they set up they they're really? all like that's the, that's the, like you said that's like you were saying that's the problem with these shows they're so good at developing intrigue that but they can never stick a finale yeah very other than Loki, Loki's the one exception to that all these they can never really stick a finale other than Loki it's like like if you're gonna like they set up such interesting like mysteries and intrigue and you're like what's this i'm really interested in that but if you're gonna do that you have to follow through you have to like deliver on the, the premise of what and you set up i think the up. problem with that is there's too little episodes in order to do that like yeah wandavision worked out phenomenally with the entry because they had nine episodes to do it they almost had ten but that one was cut but that, but they still, that's still nine episodes was plenty of time to develop the, that injury and do it right. Yeah. And then Falcon Winter Soldier. I mean, we don't know what it, what it's like before COVID, but before COVID, it probably would have been fine. 
but there's six episodes, but there's six episodes. But yeah, because of like, the you know middle of the road, it probably would have been okay. it probably would have been good at least. But yeah. because of all the COVID and all the supposed rewrites they did, that probably hurt it, and it should have added more. And none of those rewrites, they should have added more episodes, and that would have made it work out, and that would have made it flow better. They added more episodes. Loki worked out great in its six episodes. No need to talk about Loki. What if had nine episodes? But that was but that that worked out fine. Just the finale felt a little bit like, oh, they're doing an event, doing a multiverse team up. Yeah, and the finale wasn't the greatest, but it was fine, I guess. Yeah, and then Hawkeye, Hawkeye was just a fun, it was just a fun Christmas adventure, which which had, which I, I thought that one had a had a, had a good finale. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a good. One. That was probably the second best finale compared to Loki. Loki's still the best. But I think that one had a good finale because it's just a nice little because it's like it's a Christmas story. Of course, all Christmas stories end with a holly jolly feeling. Mm-hmm. And then Moon Knight is easily the worst finale of all of them. Well, well, it had like it developed the intrigue. Well, it developed the intrigue. It was it was it had such great intrigue, but then the finale ruined it. Yeah, it was. At least for me. I don't even know why they did. I think it's just because they had to stick to the six episode format. Like that's just so dumb. Like that's the thing. Like if they if these episodes, if these shows could be at least nine episodes, which may be hard because they're giving these shows movie budgets. Yeah. So that might be hard. There might, that might be hard for that. I think it might just be easier for them if they're doing movie budgets to just give them six episodes. But at the same time, WandaVision still looked great, and that had nine episodes. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, I can understand that, but still, like, I feel like if these episodes, if all these shows had at least nine episodes, it, they would flow a lot better. They could probably flesh things out better. It just seems to me like every single one of these shows, besides Loki, of course, but, like, it seems like every single one of these shows, they had, like, a story idea that was worth nine episodes, and Marvel was like, eh, let's mandate it to six episodes. And it was like... It just doesn't work. Like, that's too big of a story to do in just six episodes. Like, that, it's just like you need longer. Especially when you have one episode that's just an exposition dump in WandaVision and Moon Knight, where it's just the characters mm-hmm. explaining all of the intrigue. It's like okay, but then, like, Moon Knight again. Moon Knight's only in the show for three episodes. So pretty much, yeah. He's at the tail end of the first one. He's in episode two, episode three. He disappears, and then he comes back again for the finale. Yeah, and by that, and by the way, that by that I mean like, uh, what's his or Mark Spector? Not yeah, that Oscar the Isaac powers. Oscar yeah, Oscar Isaac like suited up in costume in the CGI costume, <laughs> which also didn't look that amazing. Like every time it came on, I could tell it was CG. Uh, and it was just it was just like slightly off to where it was just like it, you're watching it and then you're going in the back of your mind oh yeah that's um that's CG that's not real and especially when he was just like switching between Mr. Knight and Moon Knight like you're just like oh yeah that's CG uh, the only way they could do that so I mean I because I was I loved the first five episodes those were like, great episodes yeah I was like this is, and it's also really fun like. When you're just like, especially like when you're in the beginning, in the middle part of those like shows, and everyone's just, everyone's like on board. Everyone's like, oh, what's this? What's this? You know, like everyone's theorizing and speculating and having just having fun. And then, and then you get to the end, and just just like, <laughs> yeah, it was just so bizarre because the whole show had been consistently episode after episode for five episodes. It was just like, wow, this is great. This is really good. There, I don't, know, I haven't really disliked any of the episodes up to this point. And then the sixth episode, just so like, like, that, was just like, I mean, it was just like, this is bad. It was so weird. Like it was just like, it was so, just bizarrely 
bad. But the thing is, like, everyone was loving the finale. All the reactions I saw, the way a lot of people were loving it. Someone even we know loved it. I mean, that's good. I mean, it's great. They like it, but it's just like me personally. I just, I, it just kind of ruined my view of the show for me. Yeah, like, like honestly, like, this thing, this could have easily been in my top. This could have easily been my top, one of my top three favorite MCU shows. But that finale really hurt it. Hurt my view on the show. Like, if I'm being completely honest, it really. If that finale was better, it would never. But that my my view on the show would not be hurt as much. But yeah, like it was, because it could just leave you with a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, so that's that's literally my experience with that finale. Like that that ending, like, under, like that finale, really put a bad taste in my mouth and really kind of soured my view on the Moon Knight show as a whole. Which is sad, but that finale really did it for me because I loved everything that came before. It's just that finale really ruined everything. Because it's like, um. Because the worst thing that you can screw up in a movie or a TV show is the ending. Because then the yeah. viewer leaves with a bad taste in their mouth. Like, the ending you make it, and the ending makes a break, makes or breaks the movie. Because then it kind of like taints your view on the entire thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you can mess up the beginning, and it's like, oh, that was but oh, but okay, it, it got better. Okay, that so was you're like, good. oh yeah, it's like the beginning's a little slow, but that ending is phenomenal. Most then, movies are like that. And then you screw up the middle, and so it's like. Oh, this is really good. Oh, okay, that wasn't good. But oh, yeah, that was a good finale. Okay, I, I like that. And if you screw up the finale, it's like, oh, this is really good. This is so good. And then the finale, it's like, oh. So it kind of, it ruins your view of the entire thing. It's just kind of like, so that was really unfortunate. Because I really wanted to love the show. I know. That one thing, I was just like, So now, thinking about it, if I had to rank them, Falcon Winter Soldier, as much as I was excited for that movie, that movie, um, it should have been a movie. Um, if I mentioned I was excited for Falcon Winter Soldier, and I still I think it's not the not terrible, I rank it last just because of all the production problems that it had while they were making that show. Yeah. And then number five is easily. Um, it's not, it's, not that, it's not that I don't despise it. I put What If at number five. That one was fun. I loved the Doctor Strange episode of What If. I also liked the Star Lord Child episode because that one was fun to see like different, different, different things. But for the most part, it was mostly just seeing like what's different and what, what's what, just swap one detail out and see what would make the MCP movies different. Which was fun to see. That was I did enjoy that show. Like the zombie one was good. There were some good ideas in there, but for the most part, I just thought it was kind of just an uh, just an okay show. Yeah. And then next up, I'd have to rank. And I feel bad about I feel bad about this, but I put Moon Knight. At number four, at number four, because wow. that finale ruined it for me. Like I wish I could. I want to put. I wanted to put this in like at least either number three or number two, but honestly, that finale kind of killed it for me. Like if the finale had been better, this thing would have been at least higher up. And then next, I have to put Hawkeye, because I mean, sure, Hawkeye was like. I mean, sure, it's, it's not like the best. I mean, sure, Hawkeye is not like one of the best greatest MCU characters, but. Hawkeye was good. The Kate Bishop was a really fun addition to the MCU, and it was I like I like Christmas stories, so that's why I put Hawkeye above Moon Knight because I just enjoy like Christmas stories of trying to get back home before before Christmas. Like those stories, I always find really entertaining to see. Like, are they gonna make it back before Christmas? Because you know they're gonna make it back. It's just fun to see will they make it back. And I also like to see if someone could change that up and maybe they don't make it back in time. But that never happened. But I enjoy got that enjoyment out of Hawkeye. And then, of course, number two is Loki, and number one is WandaVision. Because Loki was super intriguing of, like, really diving into the multiverse and kind of establishing the rules for how they're going to do it for the projects going forward. And then WandaVision was just phenomenal. Like, that was just, like, such an incredibly different type of show, that the MC like, type of thing that the MCU is not normally known for. 
that was super intriguing. Of course, like Moon Knight had a lackluster finale, but that wasn't as bad as the Moon Knight one, I felt. Because that one, it was like at least, it was that one was an hour long. It's just that, it's just that it had like, it just had not the best payoff was the problem with the WandaVision finale. Yeah, it was. Yeah, cause it, cause it was just yeah. That's that's like some people may be wondering like why did I put Wandavision number one above Moon Knight even though they both had the same problem. Well, Wandavision took more time to do its finale. It's just the problem with that with Wandavision was the the payoff wasn't the best. Moon Knight's problem was it was too rushed. So there are two completely different problems when it comes to their finales. The Moon Knight Moon Knight was different because the buildup was so awesome and then the 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 payoff was so bad. Whereas WandaVision, like the payoff was really good, and or no, the, setup, the was, setup was really was very good. good, and the payoff was good. Like it, it wasn't great. It was You're just, just like, oh, okay. It wasn't like terrible, but it wasn't like, like, what did I just watch? Yeah. How was the entire show so good and the finale so bad? That doesn't make any sense. It actually does if they had to cram in a bunch of stuff. Well, also, WandaVision was affected by COVID, too, so that's probably why the finale was so lackluster was because COVID happened and they didn't finish it. So when they came back, they couldn't. That was, like, when COVID was, like, still really bad, so they couldn't, like, do it the way they wanted to. I don't even remember seeing any set images from Moon Knight. No, no. I don't think there was. Other than a set photo with Willem Dafoe on set, there was no other. There was no set images that got out. Yeah, I remember, like, yeah, because I remember with WandaVision, they were like, oh my goodness, look at And Hawkeye, they were like, oh, look at that. Oh, oh. I didn't see anything from Moon Knight. I didn't really see, I don't, like, I don't think there was anything from WandaVision. No, there was stuff for Falcon Winter Soldier. Loki didn't have anything. What if, obviously, didn't, because that was animated. Hawkeye did. And then Miss Marvel has had some stuff. Oh, remember the uh, Paul Bettany troll? I'm still. Oh, yeah, it's Paul Bettany troll. So, that's our thoughts on Moon Knight and the ranking of the MCU shows. And then also, speaking of MCU, so also, that same week that Moon Knight Episode 6 came out, we had another disappointing Marvel project, which was Doctor Strange 2, which was almost two weeks ago. We already talked about that. And also, so I know, so now, no, this film has been two, out for two weeks now, so you've probably already seen it, so this shouldn't need to be a spoiler. So at this point, it's common knowledge that John Krasinski played Reed Richards' Mr. Fantastic in that movie. And ever since then, Fantastic Four rumors have been sprouting up like crazy. Like, ever since that movie, I have seen so many rumors and speculation about the Fantastic Four movie now because of his cameo in Doctor Strange, <laughs> which that's to be expected. I'm surprised there hasn't been a, a new X-Men rumor, but it's mostly surrounding Fantastic Four. So the latest word on, about Fantastic Four is because the week before Doctor Strange is John Watts dropped out. And like they, he said that he wanted to take a break from the superhero genre, but he did confirm he'll come back for Spider-Man. So that's nice to know that he'll be continuing on with, Sp with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, which I personally, personally, I was hoping that Sam Raimi would take over from Tom Holland's Spider-Man. But, I mean, I'm happy that John Watts is going to come back and do it. And even Sam Raimi has said that he won't direct Tom Holland's Spider-Man 4 because Tobey Maguire, he claims, would break with Snap's neck. Yeah. So then the latest word for Fantastic Four is that apparently they approached John Krasinski to direct it, but he's chosen to executive produce. Now, he might, this is not confirmed yet. I'm sure it will be confirmed, but apparently he's gonna... Apparently, John Krasinski has chosen to executive produce and star as Mr. Fantastic, so yes, he's gonna come back, supposedly. And then Bryce Dillis Howard is in final talks to direct and star in the movie, but it doesn't say who she's doing. And so apparently they're meeting with a bunch of different actors and actresses so they can cast them in these roles and have their fanta official Fantastic Four. 
Yeah, which is, it's, again, I still am amazed at how the first thing we ever talked about on this podcast was John Krasinski, like, in talks to play. He talks from a role at Marvel Studios, and flash forward to today, he makes a cameo in Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's crazy. And it seems like, from the way it's, from what I've been hearing, is that he will be do, he will be the MCU's, the main Earth 616, Mr. Fantastic. Have you seen that thing where someone's like, I hope that the Fantastic Four movie starts with him waking yes, up from Yes, I was just about this. I was just about to say, I've seen this really interesting thing where someone says that, like, the, that Fantastic Four movie could start with his variant from the Illuminati universe dying and he wakes up from, like, that nightmare. Yeah. I was literally just about, I was literally just about to say that. He's like, I saw this witch. Her name was Wanda. And she came and killed me. We weren't even in the same room together, apparently. Because like Elizabeth, because Elizabeth Olsen, who plays her on which she says she's never met John Krasinski, so clearly they probably had to get him in like a green screen room. Again, the whole Marvel's overuse of reshoots. CGI, it, 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 it annoys me so much. It's more of the reshoots that they had to do that for. It's like, do you realize how privileged you are? You don't even have to be in the same room to be in the same scene. That's like that. that, that that's just. Uh, that she, also met, so she also never met Patrick Stewart either. So that was so exactly. It's like rooms. that is. They're like, oh, they're, they can't be together. We'll just CGI them in together. They ha! don't CGI them in. They just green screen. They put them from a green screen and them in the same scene. Well, together. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's what they did. I think they did that for both. They did that for probably Patrick Stewart and John Krasinski. Really well, just, I think John Krasinski, John Krasinski was added in reshoots, so that's probably why he was in green screen. And then also about speaking on whether or not, so whether or not, so like they may be wondering, speaking on those rumors, do you think? Do we think that John Krasinski is going to be Mr. Fantastic in the main Marvel timeline? I'm going to say, I mean, we don't know for sure. I mean, those rumors are saying yes. We don't have it confirmed yet. No one said anything. But but the writers have been hinting at it. So I personally think, yes, that he is going to do it. Because there's no way that they would go to someone as big as John Krasinski, who's done, like, A Quiet Place, who wrote that. And has directed movies just to get him for one single cameo where they kill him off within five minutes. Yeah. I highly doubt that they would do that. And my guess is that was probably Kevin Feige testing to see do people really want him as Mr. Fantastic. And I would say yes. So I, so whether or not he's going to come back for, for the main to be the main Reed Richards of our main timeline, I totally think I think yes. Could be wrong, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that he is going to do it. Yeah. I doubt they would waste him on a five-minute cameo. Like I mean, this. I hope he does. I mean, I don't know if either if he was as amazing as I was. I don't know. I mean, he was good. But yeah, like, I thought he was really good. He was my favorite cameo from that movie by far, other than Xavier. Maybe if he had more time to shine, I would like it better. But yeah, he was on screen for like two seconds, and then he got killed. So I think he had. I think he could do better within a full movie, which I think he will do. And I doubt they. Like I said, they doubt. I doubt they'd waste him. Yeah. But there's also been reinvig- reinvigorated interest in in humans now after Black Bolt's appearance. Yeah. That was unexpected. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody was expecting there to be Inhumans interest again. I think the Inhumans rumors that they might be getting him for an Inhumans reboot again. Yeah, I like the I like the uh, Black Bolt representation. I thought was, I, I thought that was cool how they brought that. Well, I mean, he is a member of the Illuminati in the comics. So yeah, so they, of course they brought him in here. That makes sense. So. Yeah, I don't know. It was just yeah, I liked that. I thought that was cool how they gave respect to that guy. He probably wanted to come back, especially after how the Inhumans were treated. Cause like, I think I explained this on the Doctor Strange episode. I'll explain it a little bit more slower. So basically, like around that time of the show starting, basically, Marvel was really wanting to use the X Men, but 20th Century Fox had the rights to them, so they were hyping up the Inhumans 
show. I mean, they were going to use the Inhumans as a replacement for the X-Men, because Inhumans and X-Men are basically the same, because they have genes inside them that give them powers. But the difference between mutants and Inhumans is that Inhumans don't care about human society, because they're royalty, basically, so they just hide in their flying city, and they just don't care about humans at all. Yeah. That's the difference between the Inhumans and the X-Men. So, like, Marvel was, like, hyping them up, and they even tried in the comics to kill off all the mutants just to hype up the Inhumans. Yeah. And so then when the Inhumans show came out, and it was a huge, huge bomb, Marvel decided to kill off the Inhumans and bring the X-Men back. As soon, like, as soon as they got the rights from Marvel Fantastic Four back, they killed off all the Inhumans. I think Literally. They were, I think they were even hyping it up so much that they put the episodes in theaters, right? They, they, two episodes went to theaters, and then the rest were on... The rest were on like a TV service, and, and it was a huge flop, and so everything crashed down. And either people never watched it, or people did watch it and hated it. So that's that's how that show works. And so I don't think anybody ever would have expected him to come. Anson Mount, I haven't watched it, but I don't think anyone was expecting him to come back as Black Bolt. Is it even still canon, or no? No, it's not. There's no way that thing is canon. Why do you think they're? I think that's probably the reason why they didn't want to do a reboot because that's not really that's probably not even canon. It was supposed to be, but I, but no, but no. After the way it performed, no, it's no way it's canon. Okay. Uh, and also, yesterday, they dropped the first trailer for She-Hulk. Oh yeah, so that was a- Fiona the the movie. Because She-Hulk looks like. Fiona you haven't seen it the, in the trailer. The She-Hulk looks exactly like Fiona from Shrek. It's not the, as much that she she looks kind of like Fiona from not Shrek. Exactly, she looks similar though. But she and Shrek moves. and Fiona has been trending online because of those comparisons. But she, yeah, she moves exactly like Fiona from Trek. Mm-hmm. Both look like they were animated in 2004, <laughs> which is kind of sad. Okay, I don't. I mean, I th- at first I thought the CG looked a little sketchy, but the more I've looked at it, it doesn't seem like it's that bad. Like, I mean, it's just. I mean, sure, it's not the best. I'm sure they'll have time to polish it up a little bit. But I think it looks fine for what it is. It's not like to me, it's not that jarring of an issue. I mean, it's there, but it's not like a, I don't think it's gonna distract from my enjoyment of the show, which. Ooh, that's that show's gonna be something, I th- all right. I, I I'm not I'm not like mad at Marvel right now. I'm like, oh, you made the CGI bad. It looks so bad. Why are you doing this? I have full confidence that it's gonna look better by the time they release the because the show doesn't come out till August. So. My theory is the only reason they put out this trailer was because the release date accidentally leaked and said August 17th. So I think they just decided, well, if the, the, the release date's out, might as well just put out the trailer. So that's, that's my theory as to why they put the trailer out. It's just because that date leaked out. They decided, oh, let's just put the trailer out. I'm not at all, like, offended at, like, oh, wow, the CGI looks so bad. But I, I'm just finding enjoyment in the memeability of it all. Because, <laughs> let's be honest, I just thought the whole Fiona and Shrek thing was hilarious. Because I was, I was watching the trailer and I was like, this reminds me of someone. And then I looked at it again and I was like, hey, that's Fiona from Shrek. And it was just funny. And also, uh, I was also confused as to why they used the exact same music as the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 trailer in this trailer. Like, they didn't even change it at all. It was so weird. Because, like, I was watching the trailer, because I watched the song. That was, like, the final trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2, like, the final one that they did. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that was music original to that movie. And they used it, the exact same music here, and it was so weird. It was like, that is odd. Why? Why? Like... And how do they? First of all, how do they get away with that? Second, oh, like, why? It doesn't even fit. She, the the trailer music was already like stuck in my head from the Sonic trailer. So, whenever like I watched it or I would hear Jake watching it, I'd always be like, the Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh yeah, she right. So I I really think it's a cool trailer score, mm-hmm. and like I would get 
chills every time I watch the Sonic one, but this one it was like the whole time I'm just sitting there going, "This is the Sonic the Hedgehog." Well, now, well, other than that, honestly, I don't really know what to think about. Yeah, she I don't know. After it's, that trailer. It's, it's, interesting. it's it's interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see. How, I'm interested to see how this is gonna go with like the audiences. When this comes out, I'm interested to see how this is gonna go over. With everything that was in that trailer, it's also for weird in that trailer. It seems like it seems like they're describing it as like a dramedy, where it's like a just drama comedy. And so probably I've heard of some different as a courtroom comedy. So like, it should be interesting. But I after seeing that trailer, I'm just like, I was not expecting it to be like that. Yeah, I think I'm having the same reaction that I, I'd seen a lot of people have, where I was like, I think the main thing to sum up what everyone was thinking, or at least like all the fans who had been keeping up with this show, I think what everyone said, just the words to sum it up, is, I don't really know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. Uh, and I don't really know what I think. I think it's positive for the most part, but I'm just kind of confused. Like, I don't know whether to be excited for it. I, don't know. I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm just like... Wow, that was something. Yeah, I don't know if I'm like, I'm not like, I'm never gonna watch this. It's definitely interesting. I'm like, yeah, I didn't just shrug my shoulders and go on with my day. I'm just no, I'm actually, I'm just kind of intriguing to see like how is this gonna go over. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like, yeah, I was like, ooh, what's this? And I'm also sitting here like, what did I just watch? What is? I was just what? like, what? It's like Shrek live action remake. It's, it's please no, don't do that. It's like. But it's just, I don't know. I, a million different things went through my mind after I was watching. I was just like, what, is, what did I watch? But I am definitely uh, intrigued to see it. And you have Emil Blonsky coming back. Abomination, Tim, played by Tim Roth. Because Abomination, Hulk. or Incredible Hulk, is a part of the MCU. It's just, it's just because they're different, different actors doesn't mean they're not part of the MCU. Look at Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. No, they're, they're keeping Incredible Hulk in can. They're just ignoring Edward Norton. I think it was um, interesting that, you know, Hulk's on this, like, remote island or whatever. Or, like, remote, uh, yeah, like, house thing that he's staying at that we yeah. see in the trailer. And then later, She-Hulk has on a shirt that says, I heart Mexico. So it, he what might be... in Mexico, yeah. So it might be one of the places that he stayed at while he was, like, on the run in Incredible Hulk. He's probably just chilling there, because I don't know how much Bruce Banner has to do after the MCU. It's good. I did like that movie. I like Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah, I thought that was a good, I thought that was a really good movie. Also, it's weird how he was Bruce Banner in the Shang-Chi, he was, he was Smart Hulk in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Then Shang-Chi post-credit scene, he was Bruce Banner. And then here he's Smart Hulk again. And also, his arm is healed. Yeah, that's, that's what I was wondering, too. All, was She-Hulk at all supposed to come out before Shang-Chi? Uh, no, it was always meant to come out after Shang-Chi. Oh, so that's weird. Because they put him in the same cell that he was going to in Shang-Chi. Like, when Wong was taking him back to his cell, it's the same cell in She-Hulk. Yeah. I also, think, Wong I is going to be... That, also, it's confirmed that Wong is going to be in She-Hulk, so he probably turned into second oh, yeah, in the yeah, so, Also, I heard that uh, in if you watch Shang-Chi in IMAX's expanded aspect ratio, you can see that on Hulk's other arm, he has, like, a bracelet with a green light on it. So some people are thinking that he maybe has a device that made him change back into Bruce Banner for a limited time Whatever or something. he wants. So, I don't know. Kind of like Amadeus Cho Hulk, but Amadeus Cho Hulk does. Yeah, so he's basically just a mixture of all the other Hulks, because something else someone else said, something else someone else said, uh, that I thought was interesting was, and I, I never thought about this, but they kind of made She-Hulk not as unique, because they kind of gave more of the comedic, funny aspects to Hulk already. With Smart Hulk in any game, and now here's She-Hulk, who's basically... Smart Hulk, just She-Hulk. That's how she is in the comics. I mean, she's not like 
Hulk, where she's like a mindless green monster. Like in the comics, she's she's normally like this. She's normally just like a comedic person who's in control and not just an angry rage monster. Yeah, because that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing that made her different from the Hulk. Was the Hulk was just like this? Ah, oh, no, smash, smash, smash. And she's and she actually retains her intelligence while she's the Hulk. And they just kind of gave that to Smart Hulk, and then so now it renders She Hulk like not as unique. So hopefully, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping we get rid of Smart Hulk because I didn't think he was that great anyway. Uh, so maybe that's what I don't know. That maybe that'll happen, but that would be good. I think I would like that if they if they made him go back to regular Hulk because then they could do World War Hulk and anything. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think Mark Ruffalo is funny like at all when he's the Hulk. Like I don't think he's yeah. I don't. Do you think Edward Norton's better? I would think Edward Norton is better, yeah. Just I don't know like what first. to think. Because we only had got one movie with him, so I don't know. I don't really know what to say which one's better. I like Mark Ruffalo a lot, but I think Edward Norton was good for the Incredible because I liked Incredible Hulk. But since we only got one movie with Edward Norton, I don't really know what is, what, what if he'd say. If he was I think he probably not. embodies the character better than Mark Ruffalo does. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't think Mark Ruffalo is that funny at all. Well, Mark so, Ruffalo was actually supposed to. Well, Mark Ruffalo was actually supposed to be the, the Bruce Banner. But they chose Edward Norton instead, and they don't even look any like alike at all. So I don't no, know. they don't. It's a, it's a bit jarring. It wasn't even like oh. He I'm looks. just happy that She-Hulk's even getting made in the first place. That they're actually bringing this character to life because of that really ridiculous Universal agreement they have over the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, 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 well, apparently that's gone now. So we because Namor is supposedly going to be in Black Panther too. So it's probably gone now. But still, I'm just happy that She-Hulk's even coming to life despite that Universal debacle which i think might be gone but who knows yeah i'm uh, i'm interested to see she hulk i don't know it's gonna be interesting to say the least so that's all our catch up on the mcu on reviewing night and reviewing moon night well okay real quick obi-wan's coming up next friday next friday oh my god dropping the first two episodes next friday hopefully it's good hearing a lot of rumors saying it's gonna be a bait and switch what do you mean like it's gonna—they're baiting you to think it's about Obi-Wan, but really it's gonna be about the Inquisitor ah, person, supposedly. No, no. I'm hoping those aren't true, but hope I'm—I don't want—I'm not—I'm choosing to ignore those. And I don't want those to ruin my excitement for the show, so I'm just gonna choose to ignore those. Hope that they're not true. But anyway, it's coming out what, like next Friday to two. The, the first, yeah, the first two episodes are gonna drop. We'll start. We'll hopefully be able to keep up with those reviews as they come out. And that's all our that's all we're catching up on. But now we shall cut over to the movie of the week, Emperor's New Groove. All right, we're back. I'm ready to talk about the Emperor's New Groove. So uh, this movie is I I think it serves its purpose because it, all it's aiming to do is be a fun, lighthearted, you know, buddy comedy with a little bit of heart. And I think it it's if you don't, if you don't try to look for any more serious messages or like dog tones or or really even at times a coherence, heartfelt emotions when a character goes through. Yeah, the exactly. There's a little bit of that, but not. Um, well, it's a fun. Okay, that's the thing. Okay, that's the thing of this movie. Okay, I know it's weird to start off with the with the negative, but I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna. I need to get this off my chest first. I'm gonna be mostly positive, but that's the most thing that buddy can that most comedies do. They're so focused on being funny throughout most movies, and they are funny. It's just that whenever they get to the finale, they feel the need to force in some kind of drama. But it doesn't work because you spend the whole movie being funny, and even after the big drama, you you start you, you're still being funny. 
Yeah, I feel like they could have done probably without the whole like, oh, I'm so sad. Elf is another example of this. Like, Elf is so focused on being hilarious and funny. And it is. It is hilarious and funny. But, like, when you get to, like, the whole drama thing, it's just like, it doesn't work as well. Because, like, you know, it's just focused on being, so focused on being comedy. Even after that, there's still some good comedic moments that they throw in. Yeah. So it just kind of undermines the whole significance of an emotional moment. And then also, um, uh, when Cusco, like when Cusco and Pacha go away, and they're like, "Oh, it's so sad." There's no first of all. There's no consequences because of this. Like, he comes back and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry," and then they just go right on with their mission because the plot demands it most likely. And like, it's for it's only for like I'd say five to ten minutes tops. They're broken up, mm-hmm. and then they just get right back together, and then we go right into the finale. And again, <coughs> excuse me, uh, it's not like. It's not bad if you take the movie on its own terms because it's not really trying to be like this grandiose movie-going experience. It's just like, it is trying to be a fun, you know, lighthearted movie. So it's not like, I don't blame it for that, but is the story overly simplistic and predictable? Yes. Yes. Like you can tell what's going to happen. It's just doing a traditional buddy comedy trope. Yeah, like, oh, Cusco needs to learn humility, blah, blah, blah. But it's one of the most clever comedies I have ever There's watched. a lot of like creative gags in this movie. Like, the one I can think of is like whenever he's like turning into a llama, he's going through the jungle, he gets into, he meets that squirrel, and he just takes the the acorns, throws them on the head, hit the road, Becky. And he ends up in the he ends up with all those jaguars, and then the squirrel comes in and blows a balloon out of nowhere. And so he takes the needle, and so of course he's just you're just meant to expect, oh, he's gonna pop it and the jaguars are gonna wake up. So he pops it, and then the jaguars don't wake up, but then they do the clever thing of, like, he goes, ha-ha, but then that wakes up the jaguar. So it just makes for such a clever little joke that catches you off guard. Like, you just expect, oh, this, the fool is going to wake them up. Oh, 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 I forgot about the uh, behind-the-scenes nugget for today. I can't believe I forgot No, finish the thought on this, and then we can say it. Uh, you weren't done? No, hey, finish the, finish the thought. I did finish the thought. Okay. Um... So our behind-the-scenes nugget for today is that this movie was originally going to be directed by Roger Miller, I think is his name, who's the director of Lion King. And this project was started, like, right after Lion King came out, like, in the, mm. in the year after. And then it's sort of what's going to be a very serious, like, um, uh, like dramatic movie uh, about more of this, like, folk, ancient, like, folktale and then uh he left the project because of creative differences and then the director who came on uh for the movie that we know today he, he mark dindle the, mark dindle yes thank you who's also the director of chicken little <laughs> uh no. he took the helm and then he create just shifted gears this is a long story short there's a lot more involved with that mm-hmm. but he kind of shifted gears and then made the whole thing a, a buddy comedy, comedy you know, which so. that's probably that's honestly i think honestly that we're just that we're, I think this movie works best is the buddy comedy. Maybe yeah. I mean, I'd like to see the other version because I mean, if you look at Lion King, just this like deep emotional uh, Hamlet, like yeah, like this 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 drama of just this these big epic swelling emotions, uh, and just just like a overall like really powerful impactful movie, and one of Disney's most popular ever. Like, i really like to see him do another one. I would have liked to see that, um, especially since he was going for, like, the same thing, these deep, rich, emotional themes and 
stuff. So I, I, I think I would really like to see that, but I am still very pleased with the movie that we got. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just, it's a very good, like, great uh, comedy, and it serves, it does exactly what it sets out to do. And really, that's all you can expect from a movie. Like, also, just like, yeah, it doesn't really take, it's like, it's like, it's just meant to just be funny. It's meant to just entertain your eyes. It's just meant to like, be a good time, just have fun at the movies, just blah. Just laughing, having like this Clint cover gag. Sure, it just follows the same tropes of like, oh, a selfish brat needs to learn to be humble and, and learn to care about others, it's just himself. But still, just sprinkles all that with like just really clever, well placed jokes, really great comedic timing. All the actors are like really into it, like really just going for it. it just that makes for a fun movie where everyone where feels like everyone's really trying, like really trying their best. That's like uh, Storks, a movie that I've seen. People criticize it for, oh, this plot point doesn't make sense. Why did they do this? Blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, like, it, or like, what does that happen? This is just a cheap way to move to the next plot point. And it's just like, it's just a comedy. The things that are happening are just events to set up the next joke to the next punch, like the punchline to the next joke. And that's really the sole purpose of why the movie exists. And if, the, if it makes you laugh, then it's done its job and you can't really say oh well this plot point doesn't make sense blah 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 because it's a different type of art different type of movie it's not a movie that's like let us tell a story that connects with our audience and and gets them to feel something and learn something about themselves like you can't you can't expect that of a comedy because it's a totally different genre of movie so like you have all the other ones are romance drama or not comedy Romance, drama, action, thriller, horror, you, you know, you have all that stuff. It's all meant to tell a coherent story. And comedy is kind of like the odd man out when it comes to movie genres because really all you have to do is just set up events. Just make, just, to, make, just write clever jokes and make people laugh is really all you have to do. Yeah, just set up scenarios. If it's just a full-blown comedy, if it's like mixed of comedy and action and blah, 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 then sure, that's different. But if it's just a full-blown comedy then all it's meant to do is create scenarios to set up jokes that have punchlines. Like, that's that's the main purpose of the movie. And this movie tries to do something a little bit more, and it doesn't fail at, you know, the emotional side of things. It's just, it is predictable, but I that, that doesn't bother me. It's, the movie, is, I love The Emperor's New Groove. The, the entertainment value is off the charts. It is such a good, clever, funny, witty movie. The jokes, pretty much all of them land for me. I I don't know if there's one I can think of right now where I was like, eh, that wasn't funny. Mm. Uh, like, all of them land, and they're consistently hilarious. Like, laugh out loud throughout the entire thing from beginning to end. And when you have the emotional moments, it's, it's like, it does maybe kind of bog the movie down a little bit, but... It doesn't, again, it doesn't bother me though. I'm not like, oh my goodness, this is so It doesn't sad. ruin the movie. No. And I, I would say it's a good, a very good movie. It's not, like, amazing. It's not, like, the most impactful or emotional movie. Well, I'd say it's an amazing comedy, but, like, if you take it in terms of other movies, but whatever. Uh, like, just, it, it is, it is a, one of my favorite comedies ever. And do I, is comedy like my favorite movie genre? I don't know if I'd say not, that. I certainly like comedy, but. I don't like, yeah, I don't like my movies just being over the top, silly, just joke heavy. Like, there's why it's so hard on jokes. But the comedies are just, it's meant to be fun, like, escape. So it's meant to, like, have some fun, give you some laughs, tickle your funny bone. Yeah. So, like, that's just all they're really they're meant to do. 
like this movie, uh, and uh, I also have seen people criticize again, like the main character, like Cusco is unlikable throughout most of the movie. But the reason he's unlikable is so then they can make jokes about you know how he treats people and stuff. Like it's it's just meant yeah, to set up like, jokes. Because like about, the whole first thing is like, yo, you threw up my groove, and then I'm sorry, but you threw up the first groove. Sorry. Yeah, it's like it's it's a punchline to a joke. Pretty much. Like it's just meant to set. Like, oh yeah, here's a joke about how he throws a guy out of the window because he messed up his groove, because he's so egotistical. And they still keep these character ideas in mind. And they and Kuko has a character arc throughout the movie. It's sure it's one that we've seen. It's been one that's been done a few times before, but it's like they still do it. It still works well enough for the movie. Yeah, and it, it's just it. When, when you're watching a comedy, you don't ask yourself, does the story make sense? Do the characters evolve and have a character arc that's good? And does no, you're just there for laughs, basically. If you're, in, if you're going to a comedy, you're just, gonna, you're just expect to have a fun time and have a lot of laughs. Like, yeah, like, it's a comedy is like, it's like a theme park ride. You have to have theme park rides in movies, like theme park ride movies. They're just like, yeah, almost like when Marvel, like the, some guy, the, the film purist guy is like, oh, Marvel movies are like theme park rides. Me, me, me. Like, it's a different form of art. And when you're watching a comedy, you just have to ask yourself two questions. First of all, did you have fun? And second of all, was it, it funny? funny? And to this movie, both of those questions are a big yes. Yeah, it's fun and it's funny. So I can very much appreciate what they were trying to do with this movie, The Emperor's New Groove. And sure, it's drastically different from what the other guy wanted, but it still just fulfilled what Mark Dindle wanted to do. Yeah, and... And if the movie does exactly what he was trying to do with it, then yeah, there's not much more you can ask of it. This was his vision. He set out and he said, I want to make a comedy about, you know, body comedy, about this guy who uh, learns humility or whatever. And I've also seen people criticize the visual style of the movie, but I thought it was... I think it's fine. Cool. Just kind of this sharp graphic, you know, Aztec, uh, whatever that time yeah Aztec time period yeah. just, I thought it was cool I thought it was um, kind of just you know yeah just the designs of all these they're all freakishly like over the top and in this sharp graphic I, I thought the visual style was pretty cool I, I liked it at least when you come to Cusco's temple everywhere else is it a little bit I'd say yeah I can see where it's, it might be a little bit you know unoriginal but uh, I st- also that's not something that Another thing that comes out of this movie that gives this movie a stand a great positive is Kronk. Kronk has easily become the most popular character to come out of this movie because Patrick Warburton does such a great job of playing this character who's just meant to be an evil sidekick. He's just a doofus. But he's just so fun to watch. It's just so funny. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get all the voice cast like really dials in and all of them do their job and they're all super funny. All the characters are memorable and... Even though Cusco, you could say, oh, he's unlikable. He's still likable because, you know, it's just, he's, he's, just, a, he's just so obsessed with him. He's just so obsessed with what he wants that he's just fun to watch on screen. Yeah, it is, he's fun and he's likable. Not like every time he's like, oh, he's annoying, get him off the screen. He's likable in the fact that he's unlikable, which makes no sense, but it does in a way. Um, so, also, I like the music. I do think the music is good in this movie. It, it's not like one of those just bland movie scores that, like, James Newton Howard cranked out. For the Disney movies, which we're gonna get into a lot of James Newton Howard scores coming up. We got Atlantis, we got Treasure Planet, we got other ones that I'm blanking on right now. But just yeah, his 
James Newton Howard scores that do not strike me as memorable whatsoever. But it's, this score is ex- uh, very memorable in my opinion. I think it was. Yeah, I agree. Just a, it was just a nice little uh, cherry on top. So, Emperor's New Groove. I think it it's is. It's a very enjoy. It's a very rewatchable movie too. Yeah. Very rewatchable. It's very funny. It's very clever. And like, I wish we could get more movies like this, where yeah. just focus on just being. A, being comedy, not, not buddy comedy, not a buddy comedy necessarily. I'm sure there's a bunch of those, but I wish we get more movies like this, where it's just focus on just being a comedy, just giving, just letting you have a good time, and like it's just tickling your funny, funny button a little bit. Yeah, not trying to put in this stuff like, ooh, think about this, do this, blah blah blah. Just, it's just let, just give you just pure escapism to just watch a movie with two guys and just have fun with it and see what crazy Chinook is into, and just see if the movie's really funny. Yeah. So this is definitely one where I give it a nine out of ten, like nine out of ten easily. Well, eight, eight point nine. Eight point nine. No, eight point five. Eight point five. No, yeah, eight point five. Yeah, give it eight point five. Is it like the most? It's not movie? amazing. Well, it's a it's an amazing comedy, but well, compared to other Disney movies, it kind of it doesn't st- it doesn't like stack them up. It doesn't stack on top of like some of the better, some of the other Disney movies that have come out. Yeah, but it's easily one of the best. I'd say it's an amazing comedy, but the comedy genre is not an amazing genre, in my opinion. At no. Least. I mean, I, when I'm, like, feeling down or something, I, I love, it's a very, like, enjoyable medium, but again, it's not, like, the most impactful or deep. Or, yeah. So, but that's just not what it is. It's a different type of, you know, movie. It's easily so. on one of the more underrated Disney films. Next yeah. movie, I all next movie we're coming, Atlantis, I also think is very oh, yeah. underrated. I like I know there's a whole cult following for Atlantis. I am definitely in that group who think that this that Atlantis is a cult following. We're talking about that next week. Mm-hmm. Well, well ne- next episode we do, we're gonna be covering that, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, and this movie is uh, yeah, again, like comedy is is it, in my opinion, the most amazing genre? No, but it just comes down to your personal preference when it comes to that. Like, if someone is there, someone out there who thinks comedy is like the best genre of movie ever, and this is an amazing comedy, then it's probably like one of their favorite movies of all time. Then that's fine. But in my personal opinion, like comedy is not like, oh, that's my main movie genre. You know, as like probably more like action or drama or something more than comedy because yeah. in my opinion, it's just a weaker genre of film. Um, but yeah, those are our thoughts on the Emperor's New Groove. So hope you enjoyed. Make sure to so listen. thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. And don't forget to go watch Eli at Hollywood Enterprise. Watch me at JBH Studios. Watch with the ones at Minecraft Madness, Hollywood Gaming, and the Movie Majors YouTube channel all on YouTube. Be sure to go check me out. The Spectacular Spider Nerd Podcast and the X Files Podcast, what I have with Eli Spencer, all on Spotify. Be sure to go. Be sure to keep listening to this podcast, and, and you'll hear us real soon. soon.